Hello, welcome back. It is so wonderful to be back with you, even though this is actually just going to be a really short intro because this is this whole episode is going to be a re-release. So we aired this episode with Melanie Papworth from Plan for Awesome, all about 72-hour kits back in February of 2021. And she had just this week launched this brand new course all about 72-hour kits. And I've been diving into it and I've been trying it and I'm just really inspired to get going on my 72-hour kits again because in the past year and a half, People have grown, the food got squished and expired in my kits that I had. I need to figure out a better way of storing everything, and I need to go rebuy all the food, and my kids have grown up more, so I need to throw out diapers and put underwear in for my youngest kid, and I've had a couple of kids move out of the house, so we just have a lot of different things that we need to do with our 72-hour kits that we didn't need to do the last time that we really were paying attention to them, so... I'm excited to re-air this. I am really excited to get some new fun content for you guys next month. This path month has been so crazy. We, <laughs> I've just really needed some extra time with my big kids. We got my oldest son sent off to his mission in North Carolina for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And on the same day that we dropped him off the airport, we literally drove back to our house from dropping him off at 6.30 in the morning and picked up my little brand new kindergartner and dropped my little youngest child off at All Day Kindergarten for his first day of school. And I just sat in my bed and I just cried. There was just so many emotions and so much big change. And my daughter got engaged just a few days after that. And so now we're in wedding mode and we've been meeting in-laws. And then I just, a week after that, I dropped her off at school for college up in Utah. So we've been traveling back and forth and it's just been the biggest emotional whirlwind. And it's just such a different season of my life. I'm just so shocked. So, but I'm really excited because this is the first time in 21 years since I was in college that I am at home by myself and it's kind of magical and wonderful and I do miss time with my kiddos, but I'm really relishing this opportunity I have to have some time to myself to actually get some of the things done that I feel like are important for me. And so this week, I'm finally getting back to Helping of Happiness because I really just took the whole month of August off and it was great. And now I've got my wheels turning for some new fun things. And so anyway, that's a little recap of what's been happening with me. So I'm just going to let you listen to this awesome episode, again, with Melanie Papworth from Plan for Awesome. We did another episode with her before the 72-hour kit episode that's all about um, emergency preparedness in our homes and how we can do that easily. So if you're more interested in just kind of getting your home prepared for an emergency, that's a really good episode. And I'll link up that. That'll be in the show notes, too, so you can get that. And she's just really awesome. I, I honestly don't know anybody that does a better job of explaining and helping moms and families do their emergency preparedness and get it done. Like she's high energy. Her email is awesome. I would totally recommend signing up for her email list. I, I'm a subscriber and I love it because I get discounts for different food storage and different water systems and I mean, all, all different kinds of like first aid kit classes and CPR. I mean, like anything you can think of emergency preparedness, she's got some kind of discount code or recommendation and tells you what she likes and what she doesn't like. And 
She's just really got so much information. I, I can't say enough good things about Melanie. She's super awesome. So go ahead and hop on her email list. And she's, she's really good about sending that out every week. So, and speaking of newsletters, if you want to get on my newsletter, I've been a real slacker about ours in the last little bit, but I've got a really fun plans for this in the fall. So jump in there. If you haven't subscribed to that, go to our website, helpingwithhappiness.com. And we send out recipes and podcast notes and travel tips and family and home hacks and just lots of different free printables and stuff like that for you guys. So make sure that you jump in and get that too. So two newsletter lists, Plan for Awesome and Helping of Happiness, if you haven't already. And it's so nice because then that information just comes to your inbox and you can get to it when you can get to it. And you also have first glance at all the cool deals that are coming out and neat, neat things. So, okay. Without any further ado, here's our episode. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids, and at Helping of Happiness, we love to help build up families by providing delicious family recipes, exciting travel guides, and home and family hacks to make life more manageable and more fun. There are a lot of things I am still learning and I'm trying to figure out, and that is why we have this podcast, to have our friends come on here and teach us and inspire us to be better and grow closer to Jesus Christ. We're honored to have our friend Melanie Papworth on again to talk with us all about 72-hour kits. We had her on last week, and we got to talk about all kinds of other emergency prep work. And so as far as learning more about her... I'm just going to have you re-listen to our intro on the last podcast if you want to know more about amazing Melanie, but we're going to get into these new topics today. Hey, Melanie. Hi, thanks for having me back. Welcome back. I'm so happy that we could have you talking about 72-hour kits today because I think this is such a great place to start when you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed by where do we begin in emergency preparedness? I just know we need to do something, right? Yes, Exactly. Let's just kind of dive into it. Where do we start? So the Red Cross recommends 72-hour kit should be pretty much at the top of your list. Um, and so we start there. That's what I recommend. Now, if you're feeling a personal nudge um, to do things in a different order, that's totally fine. These things are all important. And of course, we never know what what things we're going to be faced with next. So I don't want to say definitely start with 72 hour kits and then, you know, have you need, have a need for food storage first. And yeah, you're getting a prompting to go buy some wheat, then go get your wheat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So just putting that disclaimer out there, but yes, 72 hour kits really are important. And it's one of those things that for the most part, once you do, you can check it off. Yes, there's rotating, but the bulk of it and the bulk of the money and the time and all of that is done when you initially make your kits. So um, that's kind of nice to just have that peace of mind that you can almost like close that box, you know, once you're finished with it. So I do like that aspect of it as well. Where food storage, I feel like you can always get more, right? And you just keep eating and it just keeps expiring. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, there, I actually just launched a complete guide for families to putting together 72 hour kits. It literally takes you from step one through the end. So, um, if you're interested in that, uh, that is available, but for my first step, 
it's just kind of setting the stage. You know, you want to think through a lot of things before you actually start so that you don't get halfway finished and then think, oh shoot, I should have made a pack for my baby because I'm pregnant or, oh shoot, I should, you know, so there's a lot of things to think about at the beginning. And so it seems a bit tedious, but I have all of those notes at the beginning of this guide, just things, decisions that you want to make um, before you even begin. So, um, I don't know. Okay. So when you said that, I just had an epiphany. So we just went through our 72 hour kits and we had like a big chunk of money from my grandmother this summer. And I just decided that's it. We're just going to use it on 72 hour kits because there's nine of us and it's a lot of money to get 72 hour kits together for nine people. So my husband was kind of like, wait, what? You spent that all on 72 hour kits? And I'm like, I had to, like, there's just so much stuff we had to get because our kits were so outdated. I had diapers in there like for three kids ago. Like it was, it was so, so silly. Right. But I just dawned on me as you were saying that when I did the kit this summer, my baby wasn't potty trained, but he is now. So I don't have any underwear in that kit for that kid. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until you, you mentioned going through it again. I'm like, oh my goodness, that is a huge thing. And I think that my other kid ha- didn't have contacts when he, so we need to put contacts. Oh my gosh. I, I thought I was so on the ball. We just did this in so this is so good I'm so glad that we are talking about this because boy I need it (laughs) absolutely I had a similar experience where I went to rotate ours and my girls are four years apart and my kit the clothes in the kit for my older daughter were perfect for my younger (laughs) daughter So we all have our things rotating. These things is hard. And sometimes, you know, you think about the things with expiration dates, right. Those like the food in it, but you don't think about the clothes or the potty training issue, or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you had a baby now, they don't need bottles. You can take those bottles out or whatever. So no, it's totally fine. I mean, these are great. These are great points for people to think about as they are rotating. And these are the notes that I have at the end. Um, kind of like a rotation guide, all the things that you would want to think about like that. So I do have that and it's in a printable format. So you just print it out and keep it with your kit so that when you go to rotate it, you know, you're making sure you're checking all the boxes and you're not missing things like diapers and, and clothing sizes and underwear. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, all that's in there too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there's just a lot of things to think about like that at the beginning. Um, Another thing that I cover at the beginning that I think is important to realize is, um, you know, you mentioned the money aspect. Budgeting is huge with this and everyone's going to have different priorities and a different budget that they can allot to this and all of those things. But um, the main thing is that you have it and that you're thinking through things. Um, for instance, I tend to buy quality items. Like I do my research. If I'm going to spend the money on something, I want to get not necessarily the best, but you know, I, I don't want to get a piece of junk that's going to fall apart, you know? Right. Especially in an emergency when you really just can't afford for it to not be working. Right. Exactly. But some stuff for a 72 hour kit, like a toothbrush, I'm not going to go buy, you know, one of those fancy 
electric <laughs> toothbrushes, right? Power kit. A plain one will do just fine. Right. And so just think about the quality of items. I know that's an extreme example, but some stuff you really do just need to last you a few days. But then like I use the example of scissors, you don't want a crappy pair of scissors. You might as well just not put them in there. If they're not going to do the job, then don't put them in there, you know? So just be aware of um, what thing, where quality matters in this and save the money where you can on things like the toothbrush. You know, it's not going to kill you to have a crappy toothbrush for three days. You'll just be glad you had one. Um, so anyway, that's, that's a biggie that I think people get overwhelmed with like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is the toothbrush that I really like. So, and those are really expensive. Well, you don't have to get that kind for this kind of a thing. So anyway, that's a big one, um, with budgeting is just quality. Speaking of scissors, I love your scissors tip. I never thought of this before, but you talk about how to make them more safe. You wrap the tips in foil so they don't puncture anything. And then to yes. put lefties in there for your left-handed people, blowing my mind. Cause I totally <laughs> forget about my poor lefties. So I love that you even have little specific tips like that. It's so helpful. Yeah. Well, and on the lefty thing, you know, my lefties are ages eight and 10 right now. Those are my two lefty kids. And so do they need their own pair of scissors right now? No, I'll probably, you know, I would be there with my pair of scissors, but again, this is one of the things I recommend that you do, whether you choose to or not. Um, I chose to put all of the adult items in all of my kids' kits from the beginning because I was buying things in bulk. It made sense, you know, um, like scissors, I bought three packs from Costco, right? So it's like, I'm not only going to put one in mine and my husband's kits, I'm going to put them in everyone's kits. And then they're just done so that as they grow and as they go off to college or get married, their kit has all of those things already. And I don't have to continuously add things as they get older and could use these things. So I went ahead and I invested in adult lefty scissors for my baby, you know, well, not my baby when he was, when I was rotating and, you know, when we knew he was a lefty. So it's just things like that, that again, you, if you're strapped on your budget right now, and you have a lot of little kids, you certainly don't need to include scissors in their kit. Maybe one pair for the family is fine. I've chosen to prepare for the future for them. And so again, this guide is a guide. It's exactly that. And I make notes along the way of you do what's best for you. You know, if you want this to be all encompassing and last forever, here are all the things you might want to think about, but you can cross out and decide to tackle those later if you want. That's the beauty of this. So I love that. That's awesome. So should we go through the ages and stages? What do you think? Sure. Should we go yeah. youngest to oldest. Maybe that's the easiest way. We'll start with babies and kind of work our way up. Okay. So with babies, babies are kind of a, a whole <laughs> separate beast. <laughs> we, we need know. like six bags for the baby because really, they so <laughs> babies are tough. They really are. And for that reason, I personally chose when I had babies, I chose to have most of the baby stuff on my grab list, which is something that I think people don't even think about when they when their mind goes to 72 hour kits, they think of these pre-packaged packs, which they are, that is what a 72 hour kit is, but there's another equally important component. And that is your grab list because you cannot pack everything into a nice tidy little backpack. You just can't. Um, and you wouldn't want to. So especially things list, that expire, right. And things that are yeah. just well, expensive to buy two of, right. Right. Well, and sentimental things, you know, if I'm evacuating my house, it's because there's a good chance my house will be destroyed. 
So I'm going to want to grab photo albums and journals. I don't want to have those always packed away in a 72 hour kit backpack, right? That's just, that isn't feasible. So, um, in your grab list, again, this is very personal. It's very specific. I've also chosen to, um, leave medications on my grab list because that's just my personal choice. You know, it's kind of overwhelming medication expires and it's expensive. And so that's something that I personally have chosen to not rotate. And it's on my grab list. All of our medication is in one place in my house. It's small. It won't take very long to grab. I have it on my list in bold red, cause that's one of my priorities. And so, you know, where other people might say, I don't, I have too many other things on my grab list. You know, I don't have any jewelry heirlooms, whatever. That's just not something my family does. So someone who might have a lot of jewelry, they might want to grab, might choose to pack medicine in their 72 hour kit so that they can leave space on their grab list. You know, the mental and, and, and the time to grab other things that I don't have on mine. So it's all really personal for sure. But for me, for the grab list, I didn't have the money to go buy an entire extra set of bottles and an entire extra, you know? Um, so I put a lot of the, that stuff on my grab list. So, um, it totally depends on where you're at. Another thing that to keep in mind is your diaper bag. If you're really good about keeping, you know, as soon as you get home from something, if you restock that, and that is something that you grab on your way out the door, you would have things in your diaper bag. So again, it just depends on how thorough your diaper bag is. I was preparing for the end of the world with my diaper bag. I had everything in there, you know, I could probably have lasted three days with my baby just from the diaper bag. So That's how I feel of my purse too. It's not everybody's <laughs> yeah. stuff in it. Yeah. So anyway, babies are kind of, they're, they're a tricky one to, to tell you exactly what to do with. Um, the main thing is just knowing you and making your grab list coincide with how you decided to pack your kit and making sure you're covered. You know, all your bases are covered for your baby between those two things. That's basically in a nutshell, what I, what I've got for you here today, you know? Um, and if you want all of the things to think about, you know, they are available in that guide, but, um, and then the other thing with babies, I touched on this before. I had adult stuff in my baby's pack when I was pregnant, I was putting together my baby's uh, 72 hour kit. And I put together a full and complete adult kit just because that was the time that I was overhauling all of our kids anyway. Mm -hmm. So it made mm -hmm. sense. It's not like I went and bought one of every adult thing. Right. It's not like that's part of your nesting when you're having a yeah, baby yeah, is no. to make a 72 hour kit. <laughs> no, it happened to be that I was doing a mega overhaul of all of our kits. And so it just made sense. So again, you know, if you want to think ahead to the future and use the extras of those bulk items to put in your baby's kit so that it's already there to grow with them, then that is a thought and an idea. And then moving into the toddler kid age and stage, one thing that I feel like I've gotten a lot of feedback on is rolling backpacks. That's what I chose to do for my little guys um, when they were little. And it was an investment for sure but I bought cheapies. They were like 30 bucks. So it's not like I, it's not like I was buying luggage, like, you know, suitcase quality or anything. They were just cheapy little rolling backpacks because I had lots of little kids. <laughs> My husband was army and he was gone a lot. And I knew that, you know, if there was an emergency, even if he weren't deployed at the time, I would likely be alone because he was national guard. And so 
I was just like, how am I going to do this by myself with four little kids? Right. So I decided to invest in rolling backpacks and I have not regretted that decision. I think that that gave me peace of mind that each of my kids could at least carry their own stuff because how am I going to carry six backpacks on my, on my back? Right. I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming enough to think of going to church by yourself with one diaper bag, you know, think about, think about evacuating with all of these packs. So I felt better about that for me and it wasn't too crazy expensive, but as we've gotten older, for instance, I'm divorced and remarried and I immediately gained some stepsons. <laughs> and so I had some more kits I needed to make. And at that point I had older kids who had gone through some backpacks at school and, you mm-hmm. know, Power Rangers isn't cool this year. Now we're on <laughs> Jurassic Park. So um, I literally made, and I've got a picture in my guide. I made my youngest stepson's kit in the Power, Power Rangers backpack, because you know what? We're just going to be grateful we're alive. We don't need to care about fashion right now. And it was free. And I needed to spend my money on what was going inside that kit, not on the pack itself. So again, that worked for us then, because at that stage, we had a stack of old backpacks because we had been through several school years at that point, you know? Um, but when I was just starting out, I didn't have a stack of backpacks. I had babies. They, they hadn't been to school yet. So I, I was going to buy something. I might as well buy something with wheels. So those are two different sides and I've done both, right? Of just accumulating things to pack in and how you can save money, or that might be an area where you're going to need to spend money depending on the stage you're in. So I love that. That's what we did too. We kind of went through, I mean, we had to make sure they were in good enough shape, like the zippers are working and there's not any holes in the bottom, those kinds of things with the backpacks, but a lot of, you know, in some of the backpacks we had for 72 hour kits, when I first started, like for the little kids were like these mini backpacks so they could at least carry it and not be like falling over on their back. Yeah, they're <laughs> As I went through my list this most recent time, I realized, wait, these backpacks are way too small. There, there's no way the stuff is going to fit in there that we even need. And so we added cinch sacks. So there's, we have cinch sacks for all of the food items that are going to expire that we need to rotate. So I don't have to pull all the things out of the backpack. I can just pull up the, I mean, I will have to do that with clothes eventually, but I, but as far as the food goes, I don't have to dig and I'm just so happy about it. (laughs) I love that idea. In fact, when we were talking about it earlier, I was just like, that is brilliant. And I am adding that tip into my book. <laughs> Yay! We made it on the list. <laughs> the only tip I um, I had for that was just pack those things towards the top, you know, mm-hmm. put your, put the things that never expire towards the bottom of your pack so that at least you don't have to empty the whole thing. But oh my goodness, the cinch sack is genius. It just so helped I so much to make sure that, and the backpacks were getting really packed too and it made it so that okay if I am running out the door with my three-year-old he can very easily carry the cinch sack on his back and maybe me or one of the bigger boys can carry his backpack and we're still going to be fine and it'll be it'll be doable but for him to carry his backpack and his cinch sack just seems a little bit a little bit crazy to think that that in reality would really be a good idea so one thing I wanted to talk I forgot that I was going to mention that I did on his pack he has this very special blankie which I want on my grab list but 
I don't know what it is about that blanket, but it is missing. I spend more time in my life looking for that blanket <laughs> during the day. I don't know what he does with this thing, but it's always missing, especially in the moment that he's having a meltdown, right? So I bought an extra blanket and he, I did this with him in reality too. He does have a spare blanket, but he really doesn't like it as much as the blanket, right? Yeah. But I bought a blanket that looks and feels almost identical to the one that is the favorite. And I put it in his bag just in case we cannot find Blanky when we are in an emergency and there is something that is Blanky-ish <laughs> that yep. he can have in that emergency. And so anyway, that, that was kind of my little hack for him because I don't know what I'm going to do if we really have one and we can't find Blanky on the way out the door, but at least we have that backup. And I need to add underwear to his bag. I'm so glad that we're talking today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I absolutely love that. That's a big thing with kids. Could they could they physically survive? You know, um, that's a very different question than how can I make this emotionally survivable? Exactly. And if you think about the scenarios where you would need to be using a 72-hour kit, they're not pretty. Oh There's no, it's so scary for them. And you want yeah. them to be comforted and you don't want to have to be worrying about a blanket meltdown when your house is burning down or when there's a flood coming or whatever yeah. is happening. Yeah, exactly. So no, I've blanky is at the top of everyone's gravel <laughs> that has kids. It better be. I kind of categorized the contents of the 72 hour kits just into categories that made sense to me again. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't like it, you can reorganize it however you want, but I have a I call it a random bag <laughs> for adults where it's just kind of like all of the random stuff. Like, you know, I threw, um, a couple blank checks in there, not signed obviously, but you know, a couple checks right. and, um, some cash and, um, copies of our driver's licenses, just like weird things that don't really have a place anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Well, for the kids, I call it their fun bag. I mean, they don't need all of that, you know, official stuff. They just need stuff to occupy them, not only for the sake of everyone else who would be around you in the shelter or wherever, you know, so that your kids aren't crying and driving everyone crazy, but for their emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. So I know that we, we talked before about how Yahtzee is such a great option. Yes. Yeah, so it's talk about the things that you have in your kid bags, and then I'll talk about the things in my kid bags okay. that will kind of give some <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Well, and gosh, my mom actually turned me on to this. My mom was the one that was like, you need to have something fun in there. And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause if we're sitting in some kind of facility where we're being evacuated to for hours with nothing to do, they're going to yeah. need some entertainment without making me insane, you know? Exactly. Well, and I'm sure, you know, people probably think, oh, I'll just grab the iPad. Well, that only is going to last a couple hours and then your battery will die. And you know, if there's thousands of people at that people at that shelter, good luck finding a plug, you know? Yeah. And there may not even be Wi-Fi or anything else. Right. So yeah. kind of any so, kind of device is not yeah. very feasible. Yeah. I mean, on that note, you can get portable, you know, little charging banks that you can take, but we won't go there. So for the fun <laughs> bag, <laughs> for the fun bag, um, I have really gravitated towards things like Yahtzee because dice are small and inexpensive and it can be hours of entertainment. I mean, you can make up your own dice, you know, your own game with dice. Um, Yahtzee is 
you can play as many games as you want with as many people as you want. You can play by yourself with a sibling, with another group of kids who, who you didn't know, who you just met, you know, you can all, um, use the same few dice and take turns. I mean, it's just a really great cheap thing. In fact, I was so inspired by that, that I made free printable Yahtzee sheets for people on my website to print out for their 72 hour kits. That's really cute and colorful. And I printed mine on cardstock so that, you know, they wouldn't get totally beat up Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's flat. It takes up zero space if you're looking at space and it's free. And I've put little rubber bouncy balls in there Mm. thinking, you know, if I'm trying to keep my kid occupied outside maybe or something, you know. So like if you get one of those little you know, the, when you go, well, birthday parties, I don't know if anyone's doing any party favor birthday parties anymore with COVID, but yeah, whenever you get like that, I mean, and I don't want to say junky, but it is kind of like the junky <laughs> trinket toys. Totally. I think you could probably just squeeze a couple of those in these bags, right? Because it's absolutely going to get lost in the house somewhere anyway. <laughs> it's so true. We have a whole bucket of bouncy balls from birthday parties. And also, I don't know if if this is like nationwide, but little Caesars has (laughs) our little Caesars has a little pinball machine and you get our bouncy ball every time. And it's my my kids did that every time we went to little Caesars when they were teeny tiny, you know, it was like, can I go in with you and get the pizza? And so we have a million little bouncy balls from little Caesars from their pinball. Oh my goodness. So I found a use for them. There you go. Yes. Thank Um, goodness. Yeah. And then like little Polly Pockets is what my dog played with, or like the mini teeny little like rubber princess dolls with the little clothes, even just a couple Hot Wheels. So Mm -hmm. easy, so small. And, you know, you can find ways to use those anywhere. So, um, and then as my family grew, you know, more like card games, Mm -hmm. just Uno, Phase 10, things like that. Again, it's small, it's cheap and hours of entertainment. So Love that. Those are, those are some ideas that are coming to me right now. So we have, I did just face cards in all of our kids because uh-huh. I figure a deck of cards kind of like, and we did like a hand, I think there's like five or six dice in there. You know, we just got a little packet of dice. It's like two bucks or a buck or something for, I can't remember, but we got yeah. a bunch of those and put all the dice and then the face cards in there. Cause I figured you can make up any game with dice and face cards and we're Absolutely. good to go. <laughs> Look, another really fun one that just actually just came to me when you were talking about Polly Pockets is I don't know if you've ever tried those um, paper dolls from Lily and Thistle. They have just like a printable packet and they have like different paper dolls that can go through different um, time periods and like just fun oh, little clothing no. for the kids to draw. They have one for boys and for girls and that would be something super flat and you already have yeah. scissors and you already have crayons. That could probably keep them really busy for a while if they have to color everything and then they're cutting it out. Yeah. And so that might be a fun option where it can be something to kind of play with that is just really easy to just print and go. Yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. So people can find that. That sounds awesome. Good. Okay. Okay. So we talked about kids. Was there anything else on kids that you wanted to bring up that I missed? Um, the only other thing was to think about involving them in service opportunities Hmm. when something like this happens, when it's not necessarily happening to you. Um, so we were unfortunate enough to be fairly close to the, um, campfire in paradise, California. We live in California in the Sacramento area. And, um, and it happened right before Thanksgiving 
And so we spent a couple weeks collecting donations and stuff and, and took them up there on Thanksgiving day. And it was just interesting to, to pull up to an actual Red Cross shelter and see the living conditions of how, of, of what families were doing. And, you know, I had a talk with my kids. We don't have any family out here in California. It's just, it's just us, no grandparents, no aunts and uncles, no one. And so I just said, you know, we wouldn't be able to just run off to grandma's house in another state. You know, we still have jobs. We would still have to be living here. So we might be in this type of situation. I mean, hopefully not for long. And of course it would be temporary and all of that, but, you know, think about even just living a day like this, like these people are just literally sitting around a church building or, you know, some sort of structure. Um, and a lot of people were choosing to sleep in their cars because there was, um, sickness going around like crazy inside that shelter. So some people were choosing to keep their families in their cars or pitching tents, literally in the parking lot, you know, and, um, not only does it just kind of open their eyes, but it makes, it, it gives you a more real picture of how, how these scenarios play out for people, for real live people. And it, it helps you brainstorm for your family. You know, what would we do? What would we wish we had? And so involving your kids in opportunities like that, I think is important depending on their ages. And, you know, this wasn't traumatizing. It wasn't like we were going to see, you know, people's legs blown off or anything. It was just them, you know, um, living life at a shelter and it's, it's rough. And these are people, they're not homeless. They're not, you know, I mean, these are people just like we live and their house was burned and they ran out of that house with nothing, you know, so what would we wish we had or whatever. So involving your kids, I think is really important and, and can be really beneficial. So that's the only other thing on kids. I love that. That just made me remember that because we live in Dallas, so we're close enough to Houston that when Harvey hit and it was devastation. So Dallas like rushed down to Houston's rescue as much as we could because yeah. it's like, we just want to help so much. So they, my, my husband and my sons got to go help muck out houses down there. And so just kind of basically demoing this stinky flooded house that was all mildewy and like mm. just devastating, wow. you know, but it's like people couldn't just do all of that on their own, especially if they're elderly or they don't have any help. And then it was just on such a large scale or so many people that needed help. And then that night they slept like in this big, huge room with all these beds lined up, you know, the helpers, not the people that actually got, I mean, I don't know where everybody affected was going because they didn't go to that part, but just my husband and kids were in this room and they got that experience of you go down the work and help you work all day long, you work hard, and then you're going to go sleep in this place with like a thousand other wow. people, which is so crazy, but is crazy. I'm so glad for them. I don't think they'll ever forget that experience. What yeah. a good thing for them to remember. and. I just think it's always good for them to try to give before they're in the situation that they need to take too. I think it just is so good for them in so many ways. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. Sickness. When you were mentioning sickness, it made me remember. So when we were doing all this, it was during COVID. It was during, during the summer when we were kind of trying to figure out what things we were going to be doing when we couldn't do a whole lot. So uh -huh. I thought, had the thought that we needed to put masks in everybody's bags because that wasn't really something that had really ever been on my radar before COVID. 
So we threw an extra mask in everybody's bag because if you're in a situation where sickness is going around and you're in that kind of a thing, you really want to have that mask. Or if you have a disaster during COVID, at least here in Texas, you cannot go to any public place without a mask on right now. So what would you do if you're just stuck? So anyway, yeah, I'm sure you probably have that on your list, but that was something that was not on my list before that I want to make sure goes on my list. Well, you know, I did have masks on, but for a completely different reason. Right. For medical, you know, right? Yeah. Well, for, well, um, I mean, for fires, for smoke, yeah. for ash, oh, we, we were supposed to wear them. Yeah. Um, and you could not find them. In fact, they canceled school for our school district because of the smoke. I mean, we were never evacuated. We, we don't live that close, you know? Um, but our air quality was so poor, they canceled school even. And so, yeah, you really shouldn't, you know, you weren't supposed to go outside unless you had a mask on. And N95 masks are what filters out particles, mm-hmm. which is what is in the air, you know, from smoke and ash. Um, and you couldn't get them. Amazon sold out. I mean, they were just backordered everywhere. There were taxis, from what I heard, like not where we live, but, you know, um, who were selling them for 20 bucks a pop, you know, because no one could find them and, and whatever. So, um, which we can totally relate to having gone through this pandemic, right? We have a whole new experience with shortages that I had never experienced in my life before. Totally. And unfortunately you don't need them until you need them. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had, I, I mean, I did have to pull all of our 72 hour kits out because I had three in each pack you know, but then we had them when we needed to go outside. We had those already. We, we were fine. We didn't need to order them from Amazon. I have since replaced them, you know, and beefed that up. And everyone has a few more now, now that we've lived through that because, you know, they get gross real fast. Um, but yeah, the masks for the COVID reason, completely different. You shouldn't have the kind that have the respirator because you're actually throwing your germs right back out into the atmosphere, you know, where the ones I had, I definitely wanted that because they're more comfortable to wear for longer periods of time and, and all of that. So we would actually need a different type of mask than what we have, you know, for sickness purposes. So crazy masks. Oh man. (laughs) Topic of 2020. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's boot. Should we move on to adults? Yeah. Um, Adults really, I mean, I could sit here and just list the contents, but you can, you know, we can look through that on your content list or a dime a dozen. And I have one in my guide and you can Google that real easy. So more than just what they actually have in them is just the process. You know, if you're a family putting together kids, as I mentioned before, you know, buying in bulk is really big. That's going to save you a lot of money. Um, But then keeping things organized, I feel like the number one thing I hear when the topic of 72 hour kits comes up. It's how unorganized my little bin was before I I really got down to business. Most people are just like, oh, I started those once. I have a big pile of crap in my closet. It's so, so, so important to keep things organized as you go and to see it through until they're finished. So that is why I did this guide, to be honest. I had my lists online. Um, I did my blog post. I had links. You know, I thought that I had everything that people were wanting. And, um, but they still weren't getting it done. They were still petering out. You know, very few were finishing it and sending me a picture saying, we finished, you know, this was awesome. And so the more I talked to people, the more I learned that 
well, it's not like I learned it. I knew it. You can't start this from start to finish in one day. And people don't have a separate bedroom that they can just leave these things neatly lined out until they have collected every single item and then put them all in their bags. We are living real life in between, you know, um, our shopping trips and our organization and, and collecting things. Um, and so it is so important to stay organized and that's why I've designed this in a step-by-step format and I've designed it so that you do, for instance, all of the personal hygiene items for every member of your family. And then you zip them up in that Ziploc bag for each person and you put it in their pack and you put it away. And then next time you're ready to tackle the next bag, you know, the next topic or category of items, you go and get all of the stuff for that category. You zip it up, you put it in their pack. And so you're not constantly living in chaos with the mess all over your house. And you don't just have a big pile of crap that's overwhelming that you're never going to tackle. And you actually get this done. So that is seriously my number one is keep things organized and continue, see it through, you know, if it helps to put things on a calendar, like if you're going to do one category of things a month or one category of things a week, or if you're going to go two weeks straight and do one thing a day, you know, and just boom, boom, boom. And this is your focus for two weeks. This is all you plan on doing, or, you know, however you decide to do it, um, make sure you finish it and see it through because, as I mentioned before, the grab list is one of, it's equally as important as the pack itself. Um, and I feel like you can't really make a grab list without the pack and you can't make the pack without the grab list. I kind of feel like they go hand in hand. And so, um, the grab list is completely free, you know, but you don't really know what you need to put on that until you've decided what you're putting in your packs and what you're leaving for your grab list. And so you really don't want to quit this halfway through because or even if, if you are, if you want to start with your grab list and say everything, leave the toothbrushes off and the things like that, but, you know, put the sentimental things on there so that you're sure to grab those or, you know, what have you, um, just seeing the whole process through is so, so important. And you'd be surprised at where your money goes and what parts are really not that expensive. And you've been avoiding them for so long, you know, when really, they were affordable and you were just too mentally overwhelmed to do it. So no, I think that like with the ponchos, they're a buck a piece. It was so easy to just go to Walmart and camping section and grab our whistles and our ponchos and just all those easy little things that it's like Mm -hmm. no big deal. Yeah. And things like ponchos. I mean, you would just think, well, I'm not camping. I'm not planning on living off the land for three years or anything, you know, as I drove past those shelters and it started sprinkling all those people who were just out in the parking lot, you know, unless you want to be cooped up literally inside your car, just sitting there in your car, a poncho would be really nice to have. Yeah. To- or if you're waiting in line somewhere outside, because okay. that's very easily a situation, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, these little things that we think we won't need, it's worth the buck, you know, to totally. just get it and be covered. So. so remind me what you use for your grab bag. Is it garbage oh. bags? I can't remember. <laughs> I do. I'm so ghetto. No, well, I, I think mean, it's, but I love your reasoning for why. Okay. So for your grab list, for your grab bag. Well, so when you say grab bag, some people. Because I mean, it's not like, I mean like your extra bags. Cause you have yeah, your 72 okay. hour kits. Those are all bagged up. If you want to do cinch sacks for your food, like I do, that's, that's done. Mm-hmm. But then there's the things that you don't just have packed sitting there all the time. The things that you need to grab at the last second. Right. 
So I chose to use our kitchen garbage sacks. So they're not like the huge, you know, black ones. <laughs> not the leaf bags. <laughs> you need to be able to carry these out of your house. You've got uh, Santa's pack on your back yeah. with all your backpacks. <laughs> Just throw all of it in this one. No, so I have different uh, garbage bags and I took my grab list that I had. First of all, with my grab list, I recommend putting it in order of your house. Don't do it. Um, alphabetically or just what comes to mind, you really need to organize it well. So I have, you know, a kitchen list and I have a living room list and all of that. And they go in order of the house and we have a two-story house. So I don't want to be running up and down the stairs right. every time I come across something. So first of all, it's all organized like that. So I took my grab list then and I separated it out and I just wrote it on little index cards, handwritten. I mean, I could have just typed out an extra one or printed out an extra one and cut them up, but whatever. I uh, labeled index cards and taped them to the garbage sack that those items would go into. So now I have older kids. Our kids at home are ages eight to 14. So now I can just hand somebody, anybody, even my Mm eight-year-old, I can hand them a garbage sack. And I mean, of course, I wouldn't give him the one that has like journals and photo albums because he doesn't know Go where grab grandma's old crystal and put them yeah. in. The- <laughs> Don't give that one to your eight-year-old. Well, and you are going to have to leave some stuff behind, but you know, I just have a very small collection yes. of journals that I would want to grab. Um, but anyway, things like, you know, your blankie and your pillow and your winter coat yes. you can get all of that. Right. So I have, um, a bag for each kid. I have a garbage sack for each kid. And it says exactly that like pillow, um, winter coat. Cause I don't, I can't afford to buy two winter coats for all of my kids as they're going through the years. I don't have one packed in a 72 hour kit all the time, but if it's winter, we're going to want a coat. Right. So that's on my and, if, and we're both in warmer climates. So the odds of us being yeah. out in a disaster in the cold is really just a couple months a year. Exactly. But those couple months you're going to want to use it. So it doesn't make sense to really have it packed in the kit for the other 10 months of the year. Right. Cause exactly. I mean, I guess you could use your coat as a pillow, find some kind of yeah, use or something, that's true, that's true. but it does take up so much space and it is an expensive yeah. item. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I use garbage sacks and I have them labeled right there on, you know, because originally I just had a pile of garbage sacks. And then when we actually did our practice run, I was Which like, oh, I, we is- need to talk about this practice run after <laughs> you finish this a little bit, because I love your practice run. It's like the best. <laughs> well, So we did the practice run and it was a disaster because I never got anything done because I was barking orders, right? Like, here's a bag for you and you grab la 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 la. And then they would forget and they'd come back and, you know, um, so that's why I decided to, I do have a master list, but then I broke it up and I attached it literally to each bag. Um, and we made sure everything fit in that bag, you know, so Mm. I I didn't just have a pillow bag because you try shoving seven pillows in one kitchen drawstring garbage sack. It's not going to work. It's they're too big. So we actually went through and saw what was feasible to fit into one bag, you know, and we did it and we saw how long it took. We saw how big our pile was. Mm -hmm. You've got to make sure it all fits into your car. Um, all of these things. So to me, garbage sacks just make a lot of sense because they're cheap. Um, and they're also, they just conform to whatever's inside them. So you can fit the most stuff possible in your car. If you know, your pillows are squishy and they're not 
behind a hard shell of suitcases or whatever. So, um, so I like the garbage sack idea personally, call me ghetto, but I, like I it. love it. I think it's so smart. Well, and it saves you money from having all these different sized bags that you would have to have for specific things. And then it would save you space because they're so flat and easy. Yeah. That's my big thing right now. I have them all shoved in the back of my hall closet, but they're getting stepped on because I also have my food storage in the very back of that closet because there's even more room. So every mm -hmm. time the kids go to get out a can of potato flakes or oatmeal or something, they're like stepping on the 72 hour kits. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are my water bottles just going to be leaked all over the bags? I don't know. <laughs> so that's, that's my next assignment is figuring out a better place. And I love, you said that you keep yours in health closet too, right? But it's just yeah. your emergency closet. Yeah. So ours is in, I wanted it downstairs, you know, yeah. I want it close, easy access. That's, I wanted mine right by the door so we could just yep. grab and run out if we had to. Yep. That's what ours is. So I, we just transformed our coat closet, just that little teeny closet that's in the front that, you know, just gets a bunch of junk thrown in there, right? Like our vacuum, <laughs> things like that. We transformed that into just our like evacuation closet. I wouldn't call it like an emergency preparedness closet because there's no room for food storage in there. It really See, in is. Mine, it's, the, it's the front closet, but it also wraps around under the stairs. So it's like, oh, nice. it's, okay. you know, the, like the big That's one. Cool. Yeah. I'm just talking a real, yeah, just your cutter. standard coat closet. Totally. Yeah. And we utilize every square inch of that thing. I have a picture in my guide, you know, just to give people an idea of what they can do. We actually, my husband hung really heavy duty hooks from the ceiling mm. of that closet. But so here's a thing. Once again, you've got to see this process through. So if you're going to have your kits that high, you're going to need to have a ladder right. right there to be able to reach them. And I am like a total germaphobe. And so I <laughs> don't let my husband bring his work ladder into our house. So I bought like a cheapy ladder for inside the house that I keep inside so that it doesn't have all this dirt and grossness on it. And so that's where I keep my inside ladder. So my inside ladder is on the, at the side of that closet in, in the closet. Yeah. Hung up in the closet. And, yeah. yeah. And so it is right there. There's no question. I'm not going to have to look for a ladder. I'm not going to have to run out to the garage or anything. So again, we chose to do ours this way because it works for us. And that ladder was already purchased. That wasn't an extra cost for me. We already had it. In fact, I was happy to have a solid place to put it, you know? Yes. It's um, <laughs> not plaguing me anymore. It. Yeah. So we hang all of the adult bigger packs from the ceiling. And then the three little kids are on the shelf right under those. And then my husband built like a half shelf because now we're running into a ladder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it couldn't yeah. go all the way across. And that's where we put like our, um, our food bags and our grab list and all of that stuff. And then we have our um, cases of water stacked underneath those. So that's how we've chosen to do our grab water is just in, we get them at Costco. They're cheap, bottled water, ready to go. Throw them in your car. So awesome. Awesome. our whole closet is just evac station, you know? So tell me about your family practice things that you were mentioning before, because this is one of the things that we talked about in our last episode was when you guys were practicing going down the fire ladders, which is <laughs> the coolest thing ever. I can't wait to show my kids that YouTube when we start doing our 30 day challenge and they would get to that week where they're supposed to be involved. I think they're going to love it so much, but tell me about the practice, um, for this. 
I mean, I basically already said it. It was kind of a disaster. <laughs> uh, no, but you do gather everyone together and it's like, okay, yeah. we're going to practice this, right? Let's have a meeting about 72 hour kits. Yeah. So, um, in fact, at the end of, I mean, if this is kind of in a reverse order, but that last week of what we talked about last episode of that um, family, the month of emergency preparedness for families, um, I talk about this and just how even if you don't have 72 hour kits, you know, making a quick grab list just so that you have something right now, you know, um, and practicing it. So I wouldn't just say, Hey kids, I'm going to throw you this garbage sack and you're going to go fill it up. You know, you want to have a discussion about when these scenarios may arise. You know, if you know anyone, you know, if you can bring in a personal story, you know, do you remember so-and-so, you know, this family, blah, 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 they were evacuated or whatever, or just, do you remember in the news, you know, two years ago when this hurricane happened or whatever. And so you talk about that and talk about why you're doing it. You know, we're doing this so that we can all feel more confident and that we can keep each other safe and do the bare minimum of what we need to do and get out and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, I also feel like it's important to discuss when you wouldn't even have time to do the grab list thing, you know? Um, so just having a discussion is really important to start it off with and then involving your kids in the process. It was interesting. I had made the grab list on my own personally. Like I had just gone through each, I mean, I sat down at the computer, typed out what I could think of. Then I printed it out and I walked around the house and added to it as I walked through rooms and thought, oh, I forgot that. Oh, I forgot that. I would want that. Oh, la la la. Um, and then after that, when we were having our little family discussion about it, my kids were able to have their input as well. Like, well, you know, kind of the famous question, if you could take one thing, what would you take, you know? Um, And so that was fun too. And then we actually did it. And like I said, I learned a lot. I learned that I needed to have the list attached to the bags and things like that. So I would just encourage people to actually see the process through. And number, the two biggest things are, how long does it take you? you know, you'd want to time it and make sure it's realistic. Um, if your house is already on fire, you're not going to be doing this. So Mm-mm. typically when you need to evacuate, you have, I'd say probably 15 minutes warning. Um, sometimes it's five and sometimes it's, you don't even grab your kits. You've got to get out now, you know? And so, um, talking about those different scenarios and then timing it and seeing how fast you can really do it because in your head, it's really fast. But when you actually get going, it's eye-opening. Um, and then also trying to fit it all in your car is a biggie. Um, and I have had some negative feedback on that saying, you know, I got one comment saying, oh, you'd have to rent a U-Haul to fit all of the stuff you have listed. Well, it's also, it's pretty amazing what you can fit in there if you put your mind to it. <laughs> you know, we have a van and our kids have laps. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. You can use their laps. You can put it at their feet. If you have have to have that stuff, you're going to find a way to pack it in there. Exactly. And you know, they didn't bother to ask me if we had a car top carrier or things like that. So, and again, it's, it might be that one of you is your station is at the car, um, on a step stool, putting stuff in a car top carrier Mm. while the other members of the family are bringing it out. Do you see what I mean? So yeah where one family would say, oh, there's no way we could fit all of that. Another family with a 15 passenger van um, could have a very much bigger list, you know, than someone with a sedan. So it's, it really is so specific to every And now that you're saying that, I'm thinking, 
wow, I should probably practice this in both of our cars because what if the van is off somewhere and we have to evacuate and we just have my husband's car or my son's car that yeah, is a lot you would smaller. Yeah, have to make some cuts there. <laughs> and we might have people yeah. sitting on laps or something like right. if there was really a... And you know, you can't... You, you can't, can't, you can't account for every, every single scenario. What right. if my car is in the shop and I'm in a rental, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm a pretty, pretty prepared person and I think of things, but I don't go that far. You know what? Sometimes you just have to make decisions on the fly. Yes. Um, but I just figure if I've got all of my kids at home and I'm home, my van's going to be in the driveway, you know, I mean, rarely, rarely, rarely. So I have made my list according to our van um, because that is the vehicle that is most likely going to be home in this kind of a scenario. So, and if not, my husband has a truck, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> yeah. Just pop it all in the back. So, we'll fit yeah. everything in there. It'll be great. Yeah, There we go. So, so really quick before we move on any further, let's talk about, can you mind if we just bring up maybe just a few food items that you like to put in your kits? We don't need to go through the whole sure. food list, Yeah, but I know you had some food items in yours that I had never thought about before. So if you want to throw some of those out. You bet. There's two things that I would say. I, I do have, you know, a lot of people think of like the camping stove so that I can boil water to use with my camping food and all of that. Yes, that's all great. Um, I decided for me that in this type of a situation, I would not want to have to do that for our first meal. I don't want to have to break everything out. Like we could be, like you said, standing in lines, could still be in the car, not knowing where we're going. I don't know, but I wanted one meal that didn't require anything. And I want one meal that's in everyone's own pack in case we are separated at the beginning yeah. or take two cars or whatever. So I went ahead and made, this might totally gross some people out. My family likes SpaghettiOs. We're just fine with them. I, I don't mind them. I mean, I don't eat them on a weekly basis or anything, but um, so I packed a can of SpaghettiOs because it has a pop top. You wouldn't need a can opener right. um, and a plastic spoon and another, a can of mandarin oranges because that's like a fruit and it's just sweet right. to break up or whatever. And I think I have like a sucker in there or something for the kids um, or Smarties or something. Anyway, something super simple. Um, it's something that we can take out when we're rotating and we will actually eat it. You know, I can put it in our pantry and it'll get eaten within a week. It's, it's not like it's gross and no one's going to touch it. So I have one meal that is ready to go. And yeah, SpaghettiOs cold would not be my favorite, but they're but it will fun. fill you up and it's you okay. just need fuel at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point it, you know, it's not something that my kids would refuse to eat. They wouldn't right. like to eat it cold, but they wouldn't refuse it either. So I like to personally have one meal that doesn't require anything. Um, Maybe on so, one night that I don't want to cook, I will have a practice eating your 72 hour <laughs> kit food. <laughs> We're even eating them cold guys. We're not even warming these puppies up. We're just going to eat them. <laughs> Let's just live on the wild side here. Um, and then the other thing that I have chosen to do and have never looked back. Um, originally I was rotating granola bars and fruit snacks and all of these comfort foods because, you know, I am concerned about, I'm not going to be able to give my kid a protein bar and have them not throw a fit. You know, if I've got a three-year-old who's a picky eater, I, you know, you want something they are familiar with. Yeah. 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 It, you know, there's always a balance, but I decided to invest in pantry cans of freeze-dried fruits and yogurt. So 
I don't know if you're familiar with Thrive Life food storage, but um, I'm a consultant for them and have been, I've, I signed up when I was pregnant with my third kid. So, I mean, that's how many years I've been with them. I love their food storage and I love all of the little extras that they have. And when you think of food storage, you think of number 10 cans. They call them yeah, family cans. Yeah, just like those, those big, big, wide cans. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you want to be putting in your food storage right. to our kids. It's going to take big. up half your bag. Yeah. yeah. So they have something called a pantry can. And they are smaller, obviously, or I wouldn't be talking about them. They're a lot smaller. <laughs> they're more like the size of like a, I think they're 29 ounce or 32 ounces of like tomato sauce or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're about that width, but a, a little bit taller. So that'll give you like, you can wrap my hand wraps around half the can. So anyway, I don't know. It would be easier if we had a visual here, but we don't. <laughs> so I let each of my kids choose. And like I said, we've had this food in our home for years and years. So they have tasted their yogurt bites. They've tasted their freeze-dried fruits. And my and kids so love freeze-dried fruit. They think oh, it's yeah, fantastic. They love it. It's awesome. They would always, because yeah. we would do that when our babies were first, you know, those first foods, you know, that they're trying to eat, especially if you're out and about and you don't want to do the messy baby food. I yeah. always catch my big kids like, eating a couple for them and then feeding a couple to the baby and those strawberries or different things like that. I love that stuff. Yeah. They are so good. And their yogurt bites are to die for. They are so delicious. In fact, most of my kids chose yogurt bites. And so a couple things, obviously the size is desirable, but more exciting than that is they have a 25 year shelf life. So I don't have to rotate one more pack of fruit snacks or granola bar. This is their snack. You know, they can have the same snack for three days. They can have yogurt bites or they can have freeze dried fruit. They can even trade, you know, on day three, if they're getting sick of theirs. But the fact that I don't have to rotate snacks is huge. Well, it's and that they have a lid you can put on and off because I was trying to think yeah. of how to do this with like a bag of dried fruit. And I'm like, then I'd have to figure out some way to like seal up the bag. I mean, I guess I could have double Ziploc it or something if I needed to, but yeah, no, cans come with, um, comes with a lid, with so lid that, that comes on and off. And, um, it comes when it is sealed before you open it, it's a pop top. So you don't even it. need a can opener. I mean, literally these kids, can get their own snack out, pop the top the first time they use it, and then put this plastic lid on over it and have their own snack. And this will last them three days. I mean, that's a lot of food, yeah. you know? Um, and if you get freeze-dried, it's light. That's yeah. a big difference between freeze-dried and dehydrated food. Dehydrated food is a lot heavier, but freeze-dried food is light, light, light. It's not going to add much weight at all. I mean, these things are so light. Sorry, I just shook a, a can of cherries. <laughs> if you want a I'm little audio visual up, here without the visual. <laughs> oh, so anyway, that is like my number one favorite hack for food because snacky food is usually the type that you would have to rotate the most frequently, you yeah. know, granola bars, fruit snacks, those things don't last very long, a few months. And so to have the snack food done and not needed to be rotated is humongous to me. That is huge. I yeah. love that. I'm going to put that on my list. You know, the nice thing I like about us talking about this now is now that I have really the bulk of my kits done, I can just kind of fine tune and it's not going to feel nearly as expensive as it was when we did the first big overhaul. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, I need to get a few pairs of underwear. That's not a big deal. We can grab a few of those. Oh, get a backup pair of contacts or whatever, you know, that's it's just going to make it 
really making my kit exactly what I need, more personalized, I guess. But I, it's also that tax season time when a lot of people are getting tax returns and those, I can't remember what they call them, but you know, the bonus checks that everybody gets. I can't remember what they're called. I'm just like lost it. Stimulus check, but yeah. Stimulus. Yes. The stimulus check. Anyway, the stimulus checks, this, this, you know, if you don't have an, a, a dire need for something else in your family right now, I think putting it towards some of it through 72 hour kits, or yeah. if you feel inspired to do your food storage, or if you're doing the month thing that we talked about on the last podcast, that's something that you can use that it doesn't feel like it's super painful coming out of your monthly budget to, exactly. to be doing emergency preparedness. So I love to take a little bit from things like that, where it's just going to be an extra fun money anyway, or a little bonus. Is always yeah, unexpected. I, I love that. And for years, I would spend a we would spend a big chunk, if not our whole tax return on something like that, you know, a bigger, a bigger ticket item, but were you we, saying that's how you bought your generator? Is that how you bought? I can't remember. Yes. We yeah. bought our generator with a tax return one year. Um, we did our water tank one mm-hmm. year. We did a real big kickstart on our food storage one year. So yeah, tax returns really are, I know it's so fun, you know, and then you would ask my kids and they'd say, yeah, we got a generator, but my friend got to go to Hawaii with their tax return. You know? Well, <laughs> you can't have it all kids. You know, I we know. don't have very many family vacations, but save um, your money. Then we'll go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So again, you don't have to do it every year or whatever, but like you said, for, for this year with those stimulus checks, my husband and I are still working. We didn't, we didn't take that big of a financial hit. And so we don't really feel that we need it. Extra money is always awesome, but you know, we could go blow it on a new TV or we could go spend it on something that's on our list that, you know, mm-hmm. feels out of reach because, you know, there's never enough extra. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, tax returns and stimulus checks, bam, easy, easy to just spend it and not feel it. I love that idea for sure. Well, I really want to go deeper into food storage, but we've already taken enough time that I think we're just going to have to have you on again, because I think food storage is a really important part of all of this, but it really is a whole nother can of worms to be opening. Yes. You know, with, we talked about our month of being prepared last episode, and then we talked about 72 hour kits. So I think that that's quite a lot for our friends listening to chew on. It's just those two things, but will you just tell me maybe one or two things that you would do about food storage to kind of get you started. And then our listeners can finish up all these other emergency prepared things that they needed to do. And then we'll have you on again. And we'll just like go crazy on the food storage topic. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, start on just your beefing up your own pantry, because that's an easy one. Um, without going into, you know, I could say, Oh, just buy a couple things a month, but then I would need to explain everything and, you know, answer all these questions about freeze-dried and dehydrated and all of that stuff. So, um, start with what you use a lot. Um, the things that you use on a weekly basis and all of that, as we've seen with COVID, um, it doesn't need to have a 25 year shelf life, right? Toilet paper, even if it expired within a year, you can have more than a week's worth 
and be okay and you'll use it up. So look at the things in, and again, not only food, but just consumable things like toilet paper. Um, I just use that because everyone knows that that was a, a hot. Well, and it's funny because it's going away again now here. Like they're out of stock of it at Costco again. I'm like, what is the deal? Do you not have enough already? This is so crazy. It really yeah. is crazy. Um, but start there. I mean, we'll be back to talk about long-term food storage, but just your, just getting a month supply of all of the basic things that you use. Like your toiletries your and mm-hmm. medication, that can, all that kind of that stuff. Keep you busy for a few months right there. Yeah. Um, so before diving into your long-term food storage, I would say just start there. And yes, there are, you know, um, ways to organize it and keep checklists and, and, whatever, keep tabs on what you have. But if you just start and throw a few extra things in your shopping cart, every time you go to the store right now, that would be something. And it will give you a bigger base to start with, you know, when you're ready to dive into it more fully. So I wouldn't worry about being organized with it. I mean, I know that sounds awful, but I also know that we all have our limits. And so if you're focusing on either the one month challenge for families or getting your 72 hour kits together, you don't need a third thing to track. Just throw a few extra things in your shopping cart for now and start beefing up your, your pantry shelves a little bit. And we can dive into food storage another day. (laughs) I love that. So I have a little quick pantry filling thing. So the week before spring break, because for us, COVID all hit at the tail end of our spring break. Like that's when we were on vacation, when everything started shutting down and we got home and it was like madness. Things were gone in all the grocery stores. Like it was crazy. And it was crazy to come home to that because it was like, yeah. Wait, yeah. I need some milk because we've been gone for a week. You know, we, we don't have a two week supply of milk sitting in a fridge that we haven't been even at home. So, but I felt really comforted because a week before we went on spring break, I had this really strong feeling. And a lot of it was because we were kind of watching in the news what was kind of happening in Europe and stuff like that. Cause yeah. it was kind of already starting a little bit. I just thought, you know what? I haven't done like a big because every once in a while I try to do a big grocery overhaul as far, far as like canned goods, like beans and tomatoes and green beans and corn, you know, just things that I know that we're going to be using spaghetti sauce, things that we just go through all the time. And I just thought, okay, I am going to go to the store. I'm just going to spend like an extra 75 to a hundred dollars and just, which isn't a ton of money, right? That's not right. a big yeah. deal. And just stock up on as much as I can. And I was so grateful for that when we got back from that trip. Because yeah, we did go for, you know, things like milk and perishable items that we could find, but there were like, you couldn't even find bananas. You couldn't find where we were at. Everything was just wiped out, you know? Yeah. And I was just grateful that I knew we could come home and we did need to quarantine because we were in New Orleans and that's where a huge outbreak had been. And we were so uncertain about the virus that we're like, we are just going to stay home and not be around people. Cause we, you know, everything was just so crazy at the very beginning of all of that. Yeah. And I was so comforted that I knew that we had foods that we were familiar with right there in the pantry. And it was so great. And if no, nothing else I've learned from this COVID experience, it's that you could just at the moment's notice end up needing to be shut down in your house for a couple of weeks because someone was exposed to the virus or something, whether you're sick or not, you might just have to be home. So anyway, that's yeah, my little, I, I don't know, spot on that. <laughs> 
it has definitely been an eye-opening year for everybody I think for oh, sure. yeah well I can't wait to have you back on we still haven't even gotten into our helping of happiness questions for either of our episodes but we've like <laughs> you have so much amazingness that I don't even want to take time on those so we're just gonna have to wait until the food storage <laughs> episode and we'll throw that in there and to get to know you a little bit better personally because I love that you are just a regular mom you're not this crazy prepper, which there is nothing wrong with being a crazy prepper. I think that those people are amazing that they're thinking so far in the future. But for me, I identify so much more with you because you're a mom like me. you got a whole bunch of kids. You're running a piano studio. I mean, it's like all these things that I'm doing, like, oh my gosh, you're a blogger, you're a piano teacher, you're a mom with tons of kids. Like there is not <laughs> time for all of this create there's a way to fit in this stuff into yeah. this little life yeah. that we have that's what I'm trying to say yeah for sure and we have to take it in little chunks and I love that you with these guides can guide us through how to doing it at a pace that is realistic for our family so I really appreciate all the work you're Definitely. doing you're amazing that's good to hear that's good to hear <laughs> so amazing so and you're just lovely in and out I just have loved talking with you so much this is just Oh, so thank fun. You. Yeah, it's this wonderful. has been really fun. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's been a blast.